Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreau. And I am Condra Boudreau. And we're the amateur nerds. We're here to talk about Minute 28 of Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, which begins with Fox telling Kylie to shut up, and it ends with Kylie saying, oh my cuss. Very rude minute overall. Yeah. um, We have people attacking each other with switchblades. We have some sassing between a married couple, presumably married. Yes, definitely married. Are they? Is it confirmed? I don't know if it's confirmed. She's listed as Mrs. B. Oh, okay. She's listed as Mrs. B. Now, I didn't... I hate... And she's also got the passive aggression of a married woman. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) I mean, passive aggression is not limited to a married couple. But, all right. So we've got a lot going on here. Yeah. So basically what happens is... Christopherson... Fight fight happens, then... uh, Attempts to happen. Fight happens, then Mrs. Bean comes downstairs and tries to figure out what's going on. Um, and then so we have a little dialogue between Mr. and Mrs. Bean, but we'll do that later. Let's focus on the little fight. <laughs> Rat epically misses. Yeah, so while the during the, the comedic pause and fight where Kylie interrupts and Fox tells him to shut up, Rat uses that opportunity to suddenly attack. And Mr. Fox just slyly moves out of the way. Like, that wasn't even hard. Yeah. And he falls and clangs some bottles. It's like, did something break? Are they going to get caught? There's so many questions. Also, maybe Rat misses so badly, and I was just, I this literally just came to me, so hear me out. Is he drunk? It's possible. <laughs> like, how drunk is he? He's been sipping on cider. How and drunk it's, is he? <laughs> um, Rat is so drunk all right. that every time he tries to go to the bathroom, he misses and hits the blank. Brum. Alrighty. Well, match game aside. Um, I thought that was a pretty good question I came up with. That was that, that was okay. A little little crude, crude, but but fun. that's what they do on match. No, game. absolutely. But no, just thinking about it, like, is he wicked drunk? How did he do that flip? Because like he was just sipping that cider, and if it's like really like the strongest alcoholic cider ever, it's not strong. It's good. No, they say in the very beginning, when they're describing the cider, it's really strong. Like, it's highly alcoholic. And it's it's all Bean eats slash drinks. Exactly. So, you know, Bean just lives... Is Bean always drunk? Bean just lives his best life. Is that why he's just, like, shouting at his wife? You know, Bean may be living his best life. Probably not. Questionable Not living his best life for everyone else. Exactly. So, Rat fails might have broken something and then he gets back up fox is like careful rat that was close and it's like christopherson is so cool under pressure and it's just like ah yes i see my move i'm gonna pull the rug out from under your feet literally and figuratively they they hear mrs bean opening a latch and then they all look up and that's when christopherson seizes seizes his moment and pulls a towel i think out from under his feet and which causes Rat to fall into a... An apple bin? An apple bin, which, which is in the floor. Yeah, and a trap door closes over him. And it's like, does Mrs. Bean not hear that? Well, that's what I think. I think she might have a sight problem, which causes her to not see Fox. But I think the thing she hears is Rat banging around in the trap door. Mm-hmm. And maybe them banging when he attacks Fox and bangs the bottles. Yeah. Which means, overall, it's Rat's fault that they got noticed. Although, then there's... I mean, 
are they quote unquote noticed? Was she just going down there to do her like daily chore of collecting his? So pet? yeah, Mrs. Bean comes down. She's very dramatic about it. Oh she my god! Stops, turns on the lights, looks dramatically over. Maybe they heard something down there, and he was like, "I'll go check it out and grab your cider while I'm down there." But I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not super clear. But um, yeah, she 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 makes quite the entrance. She's terrified. Honestly, if Bean is the scariest man alive, she she might be up there for like. I remember when seeing this as a kid, being confused about that being Mrs. Bean. <laughs> Me like thinking that was Mr. Bean until not Mr. Bean. <laughs> Thinking that was Franklin Bean until she, like, spoke with her husband. And yeah. then it was very clear. Yeah. Because uh, she is very, like, frazzled and weird looking. Yeah, her hair is very, like, I've just been electrocuted. Uh, That's one way to describe it. <laughs> and she's also got, like, these intense muck boots. Like, clearly she's, like, a working lady. She's a farmer, lady. for sure. No, I mean, she's, she's, she's a presence. If anything else, she she just has this presence about her. Does she, though? Because she doesn't really appear anywhere else in the movie. No, she does. She appears, but she doesn't really... She still has, like... Mm, no, she definitely does have this presence because the scene in which she is in late... I'm not going into this now. Okay, I don't remember her later, but that's okay. So, all right, you already brought it up. Franklin. Franklin Bean. Franklin Bean! Okay, so let's introduce these two characters overall because we do hear them speak. We don't... We don't see Franklin in this minute. He's shouting, but we've seen him before. So Franklin Bean is voiced by Michael Gambon of Harry Potter fame, obviously playing Albus Dumbledore in the third through eighth movies of Harry Potter. His career dates back to 1965, in which he appeared in Laurence Olivier's Othello as a very minor role. Jeez. Uh, Laurence Olivier's black-faced Othello. Yeah. You know, Othello's my favorite play, but not that version. Uh, In the drama course I took this semester, my professor pointed out that it wasn't until a year in the 2000s that... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's horrifying. I I did the same thing in my Shakespeare course that we were talking about Othello as a performance, and it's just, it still means a lot. Like, it's a very powerful play, but, like, its representations have not been great. Well, yeah, well... And there's also the idea that there weren't any women playing women in Shakespeare's time. You know, too. I love that, though, <laughs> because it just makes some of this stuff even like if you think like Midsummer's Night Dream, that just that that play just escalates it to a 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it is like boys playing women. And yeah. the, the, there's interesting historical notes about pederasty that we don't need to get into now. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Uh, Othello. Uh, <laughs> Michael Gambon. Okay, Michael Gambon. The only other Wes Anderson movie he appears in is Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And he has other roles, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't be famous. Yeah. But he's a great, he's a great actor. He's, he's got a very distinct voice. Uh, which is weird because when he plays Dumbledore, he's a, he's very loving. And uh, apart from, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Loving! <laughs> His voice, he's very, he, oh. he's very sweet. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's a very sweet right. man in that movie. And for him to be, like, a bad guy in this, he has a very good, like, narrator voice. Uh, yeah. He, he narrates oh, the Coen sto- brothers' Hail Caesar. Yeah, and um, he's the storyteller in Jim Henson's storyteller. Yeah. He has a very, like, good voice oh, for absolutely. that. So for him to all of a sudden, like, be evil is very yeah. interesting. Like a Sir Ian McClellan type, like, voice. Yeah. That British actor. 
And we also have Mrs. Bean, played by Helen McCrory. Also of Harry Potter fame, you may know her as playing Narcissa Malfoy. Also has appearances in Hugo. Penny uh, Dreadful, Peaky Blinders, Doctor Who. Yes, one episode of Doctor Who. She's definitely a a more relegated to Britain actress, Mm -hmm. actor. But still very, very, like everything she's in, she's very good. Yeah, clearly. And she has a a great look, vibe, aesthetic Mm -hmm. for her acting. Obviously, this is a very thankless role. Oh, yeah. But, like, still kind of neat and cool that this is her only Wes Anderson. And it's... Yeah. I mean, they really, like... Wes Anderson in this movie, and we've talked about bit, a bit about this before, but just the range of actors and voice voice actors for this movie. Um, because you have huge names like Meryl Streep and George Clooney. But and then, then you, you have Roman you, Coppola voicing a random throwaway And character. then you have, like, the art... The, what was it? The, the art, art, art designer? designer playing Agnes. Yeah. So you and just, I was actually in, intrigued when uh, she actually I was looking up name? this... When I was looking up this role, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sure this is probably just some throwaway set decorator or whatever. Yeah, she does, like... But it's She does story. talk later, though. Like, she does have a role later. So I think that might have something to do with it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, she was kicking around the studio and, like, hey, come on in. Because, like... Or, yeah, or she was hanging out with Michael Gambon. They just came back from a Harry Potter shooting or whatever. You know, that'd be chill. Would would she have been 2009? 2008? 7? What, Harry Potter would have come out then? 6. 6? 7? Yeah. Was okay, so then maybe. Although, rip Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Dumbledore, uh, indeed. Um, Not Rip Bean, though. No. He lives to suffer. All right. But then she calls... So, Miss, going back to what's actually happening in this minute. Um, we have Mrs. Bean asking Franklin how many jars... Those are definitely jugs of cider. Yeah. That's not a jar. Like, a jar. I, I study vessels. That's not a jar. Uh... When I would trans in the my first Greek textbook, I forget the word for jars, but it was always water jugs and water jars, and I could never get it through my head which one it was. Yeah, well, I mean, there's they're very synonymous, is what I'm saying. No, they're similar. They're similarly shaped, but definitely like distinct. Even in Greek, like that's what I'm familiar. Like I do Greek jars and jugs and vessels and that kind of stuff. And like you have like your olpes, which are jugs, and then you have like pixies which are jars so like there's definitely distinct things yeah i'm just saying from a a verbalization standpoint Mm -hmm. like you say jar or jug you they're essentially synonymous when I think a jar has. A, I think like a jar though like I think like a peanut butter or a jelly jar or like something like that <laughs> in which it has a lid and like a where a jug could be open, but not always. Yes. Uh, we're joined in this podcast today by our, our dog, Mosey, whom you might hear in the background. Right, Mosey? Good girl. Okay. Just so, you, just so you know what our background noises are. So, yeah. So, part of what's going on is Mrs. Bean and Mr. Bean are arguing about how many jugs jars there should be. Mr. Fox is hiding behind a jar... So there is a the the jar that's being argued over whether it should be two or three jars is the jar that 
Mr. Fox is hiding behind. So Mrs. Bean's like, how many jars should I get? And she's like, well, you drank three yesterday. So she grabs the third one. But then classic wife move. She decides for her husband. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no! <laughs> I just died. Farewell, listeners. I'm dead. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, this is what I'm talking about with the the passive aggression. It's it's an amusing Rip. it's an amusing situation wherein she decides no two's plenty for my husband and what I'm saying what's happening in the movie <laughs> I'm, I'm saying what the joke is I know and I'm just dead <laughs> no so she does yeah no she does make that decision and there's actually. I think there's a continuity error. I also think there's a continuity error. In fact, I noticed it first, so... I know. Come at me, bro. I'm helping you... you tra- to get into fisticuffs? I'm helping you transition. Calm down. Okay. So, th- fine. I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you give this continuity error. I'm done. I'm done no, helping. No, you can say the continuity no. error. No. Okay. So, Mrs. Bean grabs... A jar off the shelf next to Fox in one shot and then in the following shot the jar next to Fox is still there because the jar in front of him is gone but the jars on either side of him are there maybe if the two jars in front of him in front of him had been gone she would have noticed him then my my follow-up question then would be why does he climb up so high they're not gonna take like normal people behavior you're going to take a jar at about eye shoulder level, just like comfort of raising your arms and that kind of stuff. Why doesn't he just stay on the bottom? Maybe he didn't think of that. Maybe he thought, I'll climb high because high means safe, but in this case, high doesn't mean safe. Yeah, no, I just, it's a very interesting thought process. How much cider is down there? And is that just their personal stash? I think that's their personal stash. And they are, a lot of them, it seemed like all the ones you could see in shot said 2006 on them. Which is a weird dating yeah. confusion, which we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. If the, play, if the movie is going to take place no. in the 60s or whatever. Yeah. Why would, it play, why would the cider be from 2006? I think that also occurred somewhere else that it said like 2000. Oh, in the file folders when they're looking at the master plan stuff, it says like 2008, which is when they're filming this. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah. So there's, again, confusion as to when. When this the movie is taking place, definitely in the fall. But as for the not. year, who knows? <laughs> definitely not in the fall, and I saw that coming a mile away. So you didn't even try hard enough. But interestingly, and I already showed this to you, but I'm going to try and describe it for our listeners. Uh, in the making of Fantastic Mr. Fox book, there's some models of Mr. Fox in his jug position. Yeah, he so he's hiding behind a jug, and he like perfectly molds his body so that he's in jug shape. And the way they did that, so they did a few test runs, prototypes before doing the final puppet. And how they did it is they actually took a clay fox first and then mold, like molded it into the shape of the bottle. So there would still be those realistic gaps and stuff where a normal like leg would be. Um, so they could do the same with the puppet later. So they just practiced all with this, like the same style. So it's somewhat realistic in that like there's body gaps and stuff because like you're not gonna actually like mold yourself into a perfect shape you're not a liquid what, what would be really interesting was would be if they didn't design the jugs until after they figured out what shape they could get fox into 
Yeah, I don't know about that. But I don't think that's the case. No. And then the other thing I wanted to mention... What was it? Fox's face. Oh, Fox... Like, well, Fox's face, but also Fox, like, arranges himself before he gets behind the bottle fully. And it's a weird, like, half second where you're like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's really, really strange. Yeah. So, yeah, during all this, Rat is making noise in the little cellar. And so maybe she hears that. Maybe. I definitely think there's some rattling. Like, you see him rattling. They do some, like, wide, like, shots of um, Kylie and Christopherson in the apple bin. And then um, you see the trap door rattling for Rat. So I think definitely there's some being, noise being made. But I don't know if she can hear it. And then Kylie and Christopherson are hiding in the bin under the chute where they came in. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the, the apple bin Dirtying is. Dirtying all those apples up. Hopefully they wash them before they use them. I imagine they have to. I would hope so. Uh, so yeah, you have Mr. Fox in this uh, behind the bottle, and then she decides that she's not going to take the third one up and replaces it, and then she walks back upstairs and dramatically shuts the lights shuts off. The lights off. So that's all I have. Yeah, not much thematically happens in this minute, other than Christopherson saving the day mm-hmm. with his well-timed rug pulling. We can wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up with. A nice little bow. You've been listening to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. I've been Tyler Boudreau. I've been Condra. We hope you join us next time for Minute 29 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. We're almost at the big 3-0. <laughs> Half hour in, almost. You can follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com uh, with questions or thoughts about future minutes. You can rate, review, subscribe us on Apple Podcast or Google Play. And you can listen to the next episode of Fantastic Minute. We hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.